Welcome to an all-new episode of Get Lit with Leanna, the podcast. Join me as I sit down with a new guest author in each episode to discuss their books, careers, and everything in between. I am so excited about today's guest. I'm sitting down with Alyssa Sussman, who wrote the book, Funny You Should Ask, that is now out everywhere. You can buy it anywhere you buy your books. And this book is so special to me for so many reasons. But Alyssa and I had the best conversation. We talked about our shared Jewish faith, our favorite romance tropes, my favorite romance trope, celebrity romances. If it's yours too, then definitely read this book. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But yeah, we got into it all. It was such a fun time. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So here we go. Welcome, Alyssa Sussman, to the podcast. (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. I have to just give you a little like debrief of how I came across you in this book. Yes. So I'm Jewish, which I don't know if it's evident by my name, Leanna Cohen. But I'm Jewish and I love reading romance books. And I've found that a lot of the romance books I'm reading don't have like Jewish main characters. And when I started my bookstagram page, I really wanted to just like bring awareness to the fact that there's not many quality romance books or even like fiction books that have romantic elements to them with a woman who's Jewish in them. And I was trying to do like a big roundup of books that I could try to like read and promote and try to bring awareness to. And I came across your book and I saw that it was being published like in a year. And I was like, what the hell? Like, how am I going to wait a year? Like, so I honest to God, I put a note on my phone, like uh, on the date of your pub date, like to remember that this book's coming out. And then a few months ago, your publisher reached out to me and they were like, we saw that you like romance books and that you read like a lot of Jewish authors. We wanted to know if you wanted a copy. And I was like, this is actually fate because I've been dying to read this book. Like how crazy is this? So I've had your book here. No joke. I think I received it in November. So I've had it for like three months now and I've been dying to read it, but I've been scared to read it because I knew that we were going to speak and I wanted to make sure that I read it when it was super, super fresh on my brain. So I just have to tell you that this is a major treat because this is a hugely anticipated 2022 read for me. And now that I've read it, I can't even wait for everyone else to. So I'm so excited that you're here and we get to talk about it because there's really nothing about this that I didn't adore. Oh, thank you so much. I'm, I mean, it means so much to me that you're a Jewish woman who is connecting to this book in that way, because the same, you know, like I am also someone who grew up reading romance. Like I've been reading romance since middle school, probably. And I, I think it was less than five years ago that I read my first romance with the Jewish protagonist. Like they, you just didn't, yeah. they didn't exist. They weren't, they weren't around. Um, or it was just really hard for me to find them. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was super important to have, to have a Jewish protagonist. And and I really wanted to make sure that like Jewish bloggers and book readers and, and people like you were getting access to the book. So yeah, I'm just so glad it landed in your lap. Me too. And I have so much more to talk to you about that on that topic. But before we get into that, the first thing I need to know is like how you got into writing. Cause I had read online. I tried to do very minimal research when I do these interviews. Cause I love going in blind and just like having a frank conversation, but I read that you worked in animation to some degree. So I'm so curious how this whole thing happened. Yeah. Um, I worked in animation production from like right out of college for about I want to say like five, five years or something. And I worked at Nickelodeon, Disney, 
uh, DreamWorks, Sony. I, I'm just a huge animation fan. Um, and because I'm not an artist, um, I got a chance to work on the production side of things, which was so much fun, so great. Um, I love, I have like the very creative side of my brain. And then I have the very, like, I love a spreadsheet. I love being very organized. I, you know, my, my lovely publicist and the, the marketing team I'm working with, I'm like constantly like, so I have, I have this idea and like, here's the information. I'm just like constantly just like doing assistant type stuff because that's, that's my background. That's like where I came from. And I, right. I love doing that. Um, and yeah, so I worked, I worked in animation um, for several years. I actually wrote a young adult novel that came out in uh, September that also has a Jewish protagonist and is about being a girl in animation. Um, and it was just, it was really nice to be able to write about something that I was really passionate about. So that book was very personal. Um, and then I quit pretty much to write full time, um, like almost 10, no, not 10 years ago. It wasn't, it was, it was pretty close actually, pretty close to like wow. 10 years ago. Yeah crazy. So you were writing YA before you wrote, this is your first adult fiction. So yes, what made you decide, okay, I'm going to try now dipping my toe in the adult fiction pool. Like how, how did that happen? Um, I'd sort of always been interested um, in it's, it's this funny thing. Cause I think anyone who grows up um, reading romance, there is this like stigma about romance reading and yes, especially really like yeah and if you're a teenager if you're a teenage girl if you're a college girl like college age girl and I was a fiction student you know like okay. you're just you're not seeing you're not seeing women's fiction you're not seeing romance you're not seeing any sort of like books that are primarily written for and by women yeah um, you're reading a lot of the same like the you know great books amazing amazing books but literary fiction and a lot of short fiction and so that kind of took me away from the stuff I was drawn to just organically. Okay. And then you start to sort of feel like, well, okay, I'm not seeing any of the writers that I admire or like the, the writers that I'm supposed to sort of aspire to be. They're not, it's not the same. Yeah. So maybe writing romance is like not what I should be doing or That's talking so about. so interesting. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's like this unlearning that kind of happened to this, you know, deep rooted sexism about, cause it's, that's what it is. That's why people have issues with romance for the most part is because of sexism and the patriarchy and all this <laughs> bullshit. Bullshit. Um, it's total bullshit. And you just have to like, I think unlearn that. And it took me a long time to unlearn it mm -hmm. and to sort of be like, wait, this is what I, I love reading. I enjoy writing it. I was writing um, Roswell fan fiction in high school. Dying. Um, loved it. It was like, oh and I wrote God. it for my friends and it was super just fun and casual, but it was all yeah. about the romantic, you know, you're just playing around with romance. You're playing around oh, with character I feel dynamics. You. <laughs> when I was like in grade nine or grade 10, I forget. Um, I loved pop punk music. That was my favorite. I was a romance reader through and through, but I also loved pop punk music. And I would write, I don't even remember what it was called. I think it was on Facebook. I think it was actually called Bathroom Wall. It was like an app that you could have on Facebook and you could write like short stories. And I would read and write fan fiction about these like emo band boys from these like pop punk bands. Love it. Because I was like, how do I, there's nothing that I want to read more than this and nobody is writing this. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I think that's what was so great about fan fiction as like, 
as just an, an entry point for so many writers and readers. Yeah. And I, after I had been writing, um, YA for a while and, um, you know, it was, it was, it was okay. I was, I was, you know, not really getting a lot of attention for my books. It was, it was kind of hard. I started, I got a, a friend of mine recommended me for a ghostwriting gig and I started ghostwriting romance. And I was like, wait, this is really fun. And it wait, feels I need very, to like, know like, what that is. Like, tell me what ghost, I know what ghostwriting is, but for those who don't know what ghostwriting is, tell me what that is and tell me how you ghostwrite romance books. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the books that I wrote, um, I ghostwrote are like sort of the Kindle Unlimited type books. They're not in print. They're mostly just digital. And um, for my process was I would get um, an outline, a really, really detailed outline. It would sort of say like, okay, this chapter one, this is what's happening. Chapter two, this is happening. And I just filled it all in. And I just, you know, put all the details in, descriptions, you know, all of that stuff. And I ended up, did that for about five years. Wow. And I wrote about, I think over 15 books. So it was a lot. It was, it was a lot of books. It was a really, really great learning experience though. For because, sure. Because that, those kind of romances, I mean, romance in general has a, can have, and I, and I don't want to, this is not a negative word. It sounds negative, but it can be very formulaic. Yes. Um, but I think that's one of the great things about romance is because you have the formula, you have the sort of, you know, characters meeting, characters falling in love, you know, characters fighting and then falling back in love. And you can have so much freedom and with you, what you do with that. And that's like one of the things that we're going to talk about, especially with your book. Like I found that you really played with the formula and in a way that like, I really haven't read so much before. And we're going to get into that for sure. Once we talk more about this book. Oh, I'm so, I'm so glad. I mean, it was, hmm. it was really, really fun. And I feel like writing, um, as much fan fiction as I did and, <clears throat> and writing stories for friends and then ghostwriting, it was the best education. Um, because the, the only way to become a better writer is just to be writing all the time. Right. And it taught me, it ta- taught me how to write on schedule, which has been incredibly useful. Um, taught me how to write really quickly. Like, you know, if you can turn, if you can write out or you can get a first draft on the page as soon as possible, then you really get to play with it. The first draft is the hardest and it's always garbage and it's always terrible. But if you get that down, then you can, then you can start to play and you can, you know, have fun with it. And so I got, I got the chance to, to play in like these 15 different sandboxes. You know, it was a amazing learning experience. And when I was sort of in the midst of it, I was like, I'm having a great time doing this. Like, why don't I, why don't I try to write my own romance? You know, this, this just seems like fun. Yeah. And so um, I had written another one before, which was um, not as playful with like structure and form. And that went out on submission and didn't really go anywhere. And then this book, funny, really, you know, people, authors will talk about like the book of their heart, you know, a book that is like very personal. And this book in a lot of ways, because I really just wrote it for me. I wrote it with no audience in mind. I was just like, what kind of story do I want to tell? And it felt like I had spent the last, you know, 10, 20 years of like my idea, like what I would consider like my writing career or or the time when I considered myself wanting to be a writer. It sort of felt like coming home for the first time of being like, oh, this is what I should, 
be writing. This is the, this is the story. This is the type of story. This is the kind of story that's the truest to my own interests. And I'm not, and I sort of was able to put away all of the voices in my head that were saying, this is, you know, real writers write this serious writers write this and just be like, why have, I've never cared what other people have thought. Why Mm -hmm. am I, why am I letting them, why am I letting these voices and um, imaginary critics dictate? So true. yeah, what I, what I enjoy writing, you know, like, why am I listening to these voices? It's really, it's not fun, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was very freeing. And and then the response to it has been so amazing and, and unexpected, quite honestly, just because I was, you know, when you really write for yourself, you're just like, yeah, well, you don't know what it's going to be like it. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. For sure. You could tell though, that, that, that the subject matter in this book and that the characters like really came from your heart and you really like love them and resonate with them and see yourself in them. There's just like a little bit of you in it that you can very much tell. Like it doesn't feel that this is how I explain it. Like to my friends, when I read like a really good romance book or really any, honestly, any good book, like if I don't feel like I'm reading it, like if I'm not aware that I'm reading, that's when, you know, you're really in it. And that's when you know that the author like really saw themselves in it and just created something. Like if I'm being pulled out of a story or if I'm thinking about the fact that I'm reading and I'm not totally submerged in the story, then you know there's a little piece missing. But when you're not thinking about the fact that you're reading and you're just in the story and you're like watching it unfold as if it's a movie in your head, like that's just something you can't like buy or teach. And I feel like you really have that, especially in the story. Oh, thank you so much. That, I mean, it just me, like the best thing about this book coming out is hearing from readers and, and, and hearing people who enjoy it as much as I enjoyed writing. I mean, it's just, it's great. It's, it's what all writers hope Want. for, you know, right. it's, of course. it's wonderful. Of course. Okay. So we need to get into the, to the story now. Yes. So first, can you just like give a little summary? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but tell everybody that's listening or watching right now, what funny you should ask is about. The, the elevator pitch is basically uh, 10 years ago, uh, Hani Horowitz um, interviewed Gabe Parker, who was going to be the next James Bond. Um, they were supposed to just have an afternoon meeting. The afternoon turned into the next day, turned into the whole weekend. Um, and the article that Hani wrote about it went viral. Um, and then a decade later, um, her star has ridden, risen, Gabe, Gabe's star has fallen, and they have been asked to reunite to recreate this weekend. And then we kind of discover what happened then and what is going to happen next. Yeah. So So I have to just tell you that when I read the synopsis of the book, I was dead on the floor because (laughs) first of all, when I saw that her name was Honey Horowitz, I was like, goodbye. This is literally me. Like what the hell? Like I've never read a Jewish romance book where the protagonist literally has the most like Hebrew Jewish name which I, is a compliment to you in itself. Like, I'm just curious, do you have to fight to keep that in? Like, was there at any point, anyone that was like, we need to make this more secular? Like, no, no, so I have, I have the best, the best team ever. My editor, Shauna Summers is incredible. My agent, Elizabeth Bewley is amazing. They, everybody, there was ne- like, not even, not even a second of that. Oh my God. Um, and and I did do it very purposefully because I was like I don't I don't want there to be any way to erase her Jewishness. I yeah. want it to be baked in to the story. It was it was less that I was thinking about public like what would happen within the publishing world because I feel like we we obviously talked about there aren't a lot of Jewish protagonists mm-hmm. in romance novels. Um, but it was my my husband was like this is going to be a movie and I was like okay I you know who knows I I have no idea. Um, 
But I was like, if that's the case, then I want to make sure that if they make it a movie, they can't make her Christian or they can't change that she's Jewish. Like it has to be so specifically obvious. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I, and I also just wanted, wanted readers. Yeah. Like you to be able to pick up the book and be like, she's Jewish. Yes. (laughs) Um, But what really was the best part for me, at least reading this book is that she's so obviously Jewish but you're not like shoving Judaism down the reader's throat. Like not to say that that's not a good thing in some Jewish books, but I just found that the way that this book is written is like anybody can read it regardless of what your religion is. And it's not like you're trying to like teach us about Judaism or like really preach anything about Judaism. She's just like a regular person that is Jewish. And like her Jewishness comes out very subtly, but it's not being forced. It's not being, it's not preachy. And I really love the way it's just like a regular person who is Jewish the same way we read a million other romance books of regular people who are whatever religion, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's this hard balance for sure. Um, being someone who's writing from any marginalized group, um, because a lot of the times I think when we're asked to write sort of diverse books, we're Mm -hmm. asked to write for the majority audience to explain why this is diverse and why they should care about us and why, you know, we're human beings as well. (laughs) And And I, I was just very, I, you know, I have been, why has been sort of, um, young adult literature has been really great about, um, having conversations about diversity and what it looks like and what it means and coming from that world. So that was like very much in the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. And, and I think romance is, is picking up the mantle as well and and doing a lot of really great things and promoting a lot of um, diverse authors. But I think, yeah, it's hard I think sometimes maybe with the wrong editor or with um, just, you know, if it's not the right fit, you're going to get sort of this sense of like, okay, well, you need to explain for the audience what this means. Right. And luckily I didn't come up against that at all. Like I never, nobody, nobody was ever like, can you explain like what But that's what I loved so much about the book is because it wasn't like overly like it wasn't trying to be educational in any way in terms of her Judaism. It was just like, she was Jewish the way she is a woman, the way that she is a journalist. Like it was just another little piece of her, but it was also like a little like kiss treat for Jewish readers to like see themselves in a book. Like truly I work my job in in my regular life. I work in PR and entertainment and I work with journalists all the time. So I really identified being a Jewish person in this kind of world. Like I really saw myself in her, which was something I've never I've read how many romance books now? 300 plus for sure. And I've never seen anything remotely close. I mean, that means so much. It's, it's really, um, it was something that was important to me, but like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want it to be educational. I didn't want it to be, um, you know, like I think you see, um, like I've, I've read plenty of books where, um, from not just Jewish, you know, Jewish authors, but other marginalized Mm -hmm. people where they like, there's this sense of like, you have to italicize like, you know, if you're using Yiddish words, you italicize them, or right. if you're using like words in Spanish, you italicize, and it's like, that is, you're doing that or, and then you put like, you know, explain what it is or whatever. Like a and it's like, no, yeah. Yeah. And so I really didn't want to do that. I really wanted, you know, it, it's for, it's for a Jewish audience. It's for Jewish readers. Um, for but, everyone. Yeah. But, but, it's, but everyone can get it. it. Yeah. But it's just like, yeah, you get these little, these little nuggets. If you yeah, are, exactly if you are a Jewish reader that you're just going to pick up on and that are yeah. just going to be part of, of who you are. Um, and it was also really important to me to have 
her be Jewish and have him not be Jewish. Um, yes. Because I feel like when we have, we, you know, I really want, I, there are very few inter, interfaith couples in romance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also, I didn't want it to be the conflict. It's not the conflict between them. It's just who they are. Exactly. Um, and, and I, and I, you know, I'm sure as a Jewish woman, you've seen in popular culture, it's always the guy who's Jewish and it's always the girl who's not. Always. 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 And there's, and when that happens, there's always this kind of like side, there, there's always some just like <laughs> punching down of Jewish women, you know, yeah. like, you know, there has to be some reason that, that the Jewish guy can't be with another Jewish woman. And it's yeah. like, because they're nags, they're like their mothers, they're totally. shop a hall. And I'm just like, that is not like any Jewish woman I know. Yeah. It's the stereotype. I'm, I'm mom. It's not my sister. It's like nobody. And, yeah. and I've just been sick of it. So I'm like, I want like a Jewish protagonist who's like confident and sexy. And this like hot movie star thinks she is like the best. Yeah. I love it so much. Okay. So speaking of hot movie stars, my favorite romance tropes, because I'm a very big trope gal. I love, I love every time I read a book, I literally am taking notes like, Hey, what tropes does this fall under? Because I need to just like mentally, like if I ever want to reread, I'm like, Hey, where are my second chance romances? Where are my grumpy heroes? You know? So Mm -hmm. when I saw that, a, this is a second chance romance, B, this is a dual timeline romance and C, this is a celebrity romance trope those are the three like epitome like I can't even tell you like if if you could ask anybody who knows me in my real life like what are Liana's top three must-haves in a killer romance those are the three of them so I'm just wondering like are those your three also or like are there other ones you love did you always know that you were going to use these three like talk to me about the trope process in writing this book um it's a great question. And I love that I wrote this book for you without knowing it. Like this no, just like, makes me, it, this it, makes I, me so happy. It makes I can't me so even happy. tell you. Like I was spelling from like page one to page. I don't even know how many pages was in it. I was freaking out. And it's like me, it's like made for me. Like if you were to say, Liana, write a book, like for you, give me a celebrity, give me a dual timeline, give me a Jewish girl, give me a second chance romance. I'm good. Oh my God. I love it. The, Perfect. Thrilled. Thrilled. Perfect. Um, I, so I love tropes. Um, I think it's hard when you're writing um, to focus too much on them, um, because then sometimes you can get boxed in in a way that is not comfortable. Right. Um, so I think I was, you know, you always have romance tropes in the back of your head and you're like, oh, what would be fun? Like, like, like these are things to play with. It's always, you know, like what tools can I put into bring into my sandbox? Right. Um, but I think I sort of wrote it without thinking of them. And then by the end you go like the first draft you you know, you go back and you read and you're like, oh, I can plus these, like, these are the themes and I'm going to plus those and I'm going to bring them up. Um, and it's interesting because actually my favorite, my favorite, favorite trope is enemies to lovers, which is not, not in this book at all. Mm -mm. Um, but I just, I'd actually just done drawn that way, which is the YA I did about animation is an enemies to lovers, um, romance. So I was like, I want to do, you know, something different. And, um, it just like, yeah, I, it just worked. Um, it just fit into those, those categories really neatly. Like after I had started, after I had done that first draft and right. I was really happy with it. The best tropes, but it's also kind of interesting to me because the book obviously has romantic elements, but parts of it really felt like a contemporary fiction to me. Like there's just a lot of self-growth on Honey's part that I feel we don't normally get so much of in romance books. It's way more focused on the relationship. And I felt like this book did if not more, definitely equal um, romance parts 
to like personal growth and like I like struggling with identity, knowing who you are, like this kind of like second act vibe. So I'm curious if like when you set up to write this book, were you focusing more on like the romance aspect or did you have it more in your head of like, hey, no, I kind of want this to be more about her growth, but I'm going to like dabble with romantic elements. Like what was that kind of structuring like? Yeah. I mean, I've always thought of it as a romance, like romance. That's the most interesting thing to me is the connect, like the most, the the scenes that are the most fun to write are the ones between them where they're, you know, having, they're talking, they're interacting. Like that is absolutely the most fun. I think having it in first person um, allowed me to really explore her and figure out like who she was. So it felt this sort of like this natural right. um, leaning into, you know, right. wanting, wanting it to be very romantic um, centric and, and wanting to really play with the romance and have fun with it. Um, a lot of it just really came very organically, um, but it was an interesting thing. Like when we went out on submission with it, there mm-hmm. was a little sense of like, we're not exactly sure, you know, how to, how to market this book or, really? or where to position it. Yeah. So I think, so interesting. I think because it, it is kind of a little bit of a hybrid of like a women's fiction and yeah. a romance, which is kind of where the, where rom-coms are kind of are, are fitting now. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, yeah, I think it was a sense of like, okay, it is. It's a very romantic women's fiction, I guess, is like exactly. how I would describe it. <laughs> exactly. It's also the slowest of burns. <laughs> have you been told this? Have people said to you that this is the slowest of burns? People have. It's so funny because I think the book is like so horny from the beginning. Hey, because the sexual tension and the banter is off the damn charts. That's why. <laughs> You don't get so, it. Like, so for me, I'm just like, I, it just feels very like sexy from the beginning. But like, I can see where people are like, where's where the kiss? Where literally, the that kiss? was me. That was me. That was me. I'm like, I'm like, okay, it's got to be coming soon. And then like, we'll talk about it openly here because I need to just address the my favorite, actual favorite part of the book, which I feel like you're not going to think is my favorite part. But when they're finally hooking up and she thinks that he forgets her name and you said in the book that it was a metaphorical cold shower. I literally highlighted it in my book. You don't understand. I've never in my life connected those two concepts together, but that is exactly like you nailed it. Like hammer on the nails head, like perfectly, perfectly, perfectly explain that. And when that scene happened and you wrote it exactly like that, I was good. I was like, I don't even need anything more now to happen. Like I can continue to wait because you just, like, it just made perfect sense. It was perfect in the story. So I'm so curious about that one specific line. Like, did you come up with that right away? Was it an edit? Did someone like, have you ever had this moment where like in your head, in real life, you were like, this is a metaphorical, like this is a cold shower. Like this is a total buzzkill. I'm done. Like, I'm so curious about that one line. Oh, thank you. I mean, I I think that was in probably one of the early drafts. Um, okay. I think it was it was just important for uh, to have a moment where because like yeah, like up until that point, you're like, why would she say no? Yeah, like why? Like if I was in that position, like I don't know if, if I'd I do the same thing. Quite I would have jumped in yesterday at the restaurant. Yeah. Like what? Yeah, is- exactly. Yeah. It would have. You know. So it's you. I feel like you have to have you know, you're so deep in a character's head. There has to be a really good reason for her to stop this thing that she has clearly really wanted for a long time. And that we as a reader, obviously, you know, we want hopefully as well. And 
yeah. So I think, I think finding that moment like really was um, very helpful in figuring out the rest, like a lot of other story stuff. Cause I didn't write the book did not get written in order. It was written in pieces and then kind Crazy. of like hobbled together. Okay. Um, which is very confusing and I never want to do it again. It was a very chaotic process. Um, but like every book is different. And so that was, I was just like, this is just what this book is going to be. And that's how it's going to happen. And I think, yeah, I think that scene was, was pretty much baked in, in, in one of the early drafts because that, I feel like it was a really important moment. The way, the way you like compared it to a metaphorical cold shower, just like really drove that point home. And you really, really felt more than anything she could like say in that moment, you really felt like the embarrassment and the wake up call that she had just had in that moment. And I just thought that that was like, honestly, like one of the most incredibly written thought out lines ever that I highlighted it. I loved it. Thank you so much. I'm so happy. (laughs) There's another (laughs) little nugget. No, but there's another little nugget in the book that I'm very curious about. Yes. At the end, Mm -hmm. when Gabe writes his little thing at the end, his little spoiler alert, guys, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler (laughs) alert. Hopefully everyone that listened to this has read the book. His last name. Yeah. The hyphenated last name. (laughs) The Parker Dash Horowitz of it all. I know. I it's need, one of my favorite things, quite honestly. No, no, I died. I was like, wait, is this like a, because I have like the uncorrected proof. I was like, maybe is this potentially like an error? And then I was like, there's no way this is so beyond intentional and it's friggin' genius. So Thank can you. you just tell me like how you came up with that? Like, just tell me the whole background of that idea. I mean, I think, you know, I think like one of the sort of underlying themes of the book is is names and the importance of names and for her it's you know one of the reasons I think we hopefully fall in love with Gabe is his insistence on get on pronouncing her name right I'm someone who you know I I got married and I didn't change my name mm-hmm. I kept it and that's very confusing for people like it is you know I still get stuff addressed to my you know Mrs husband's first name, husband's last name. Um, I still get, you know, stuff with my first name and his last name. It would make sense for Gabe, first of all, to, to do that, to take, Mm -hmm. to take her name. Um, And I felt like it was a really good representation of their relationship as this real partnership. And that um, in the public eye, he's the more famous one, the one with more power, you know, also has more power because he's a man. And it's this, you know, I think that that is romance to me, you know, because I think there, you know, a lot of times, like I have a lot of male friends who I love, mm-hmm. um, who have gotten married and have said very clearly, like they expect their wives to take their last name. Yeah. And it's just an expectation. And if it works for you, that's great. I think everyone should do what they want. I just think that there are so many things in heterosexual relationships specifically that we just, that women in particular just do because it's yes. expected. Yes. There's this idea of tradition. And I kind of fucking hate that. I just feel like, ev- like I, I think that we should have more, com- we should be having more conversations about these things. We shouldn't be just expecting women to take their husband's name if they don't want to. Yeah. If they do, again, that's great. I would have never taken my spouse's name. And if, and if I had a spouse or I was with someone who was like, well, you have to, I'd be like, well, Goodbye. Deal breaker. Deal breaker. Like that's a deal breaker for yeah. me. Because it's not, it's not just about the name, it's about the that's honoring of, of self and identity. Sure. And so I felt like Gabe, you know, Gabe is someone who basically, you know, was raised by a single mom, 
has an older sister who he adores. Like, I feel like he is going, it just felt completely in character yeah. for him to do that. And I love that it was never like addressed even more. Like, it's not like it was brought up as a plot line that he switched his name. It's very subtle blink and you miss it. Like, had I not been literally like intensely reading every word and like devouring this book, like sentence by sentence, I honestly probably would have missed it. But I just love how it's like subtle, but so intentional. And so on yeah. brand for them. I mean, I'm so glad that that like stood out to you. I definitely, I had another, another friend who, who read it, who, who texted me about that moment. And I was like, I'm so glad that that's hitting with people because yeah. it was something I kind of just put in and was kind of waiting for someone to like comment Question on you? it. Okay. Like, and no one did. Another part of the book that I really love that we haven't spoken about yet is Oliver, Ollie. Yeah. I love him. He's like a warm <laughs> hug. That's how I literally feel about him. Like whenever I'm getting like frustrated between like the relationship, then like Ollie just like comes in he's and like, he's Hey like, guys. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So how did that character come to be? How did you decide to put him into the storyline? Like, tell me about the genesis of him. Um, he was always, he was always present. I really wanted in a lot of ways, like I, I wanted Gabe as a character to be um, like an homage to sort of the way we think of male heroes in romance novels, you know, they're yeah. very masculine and, you know, like that's sort of the James Bondy aspect of it. Yeah. But I always just felt that he was that, that Gabe was someone who was a very emotionally sensitive, very um, just, he wasn't really wrapped up in sort of a lot of toxic masculinity stuff. And I felt a really good way to really emphasize that and to show that he you know, kind of an aspect of his life that helped inform who he was and who yeah. he is, is this relationship, this friendship, which is a very intimate male friendship, which was really, really important for me to write. Like, yeah. I wanted to make sure that like, you know, there's a scene just when they're hugging each other and Hani kind of like notices that they're not doing the like back slapping, like, right. you know, masculine hug. I really, I wanted Gabe to, to be this sort of like, what do we think about men and masculinity? and how much of that is healthy and how much of that is, can be, can still be sexy. I think it's like this idea that like, you know, if you, if you take away this sort of like the toxic masculinity, there's nothing sexy about it. And it's like, that's fucking bullshit. Like emotionally intelligent men are very attractive and men who aren't afraid to be intimate with other men, like Mm -hmm. to have these relationships like that to me is very attractive. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, and I, and I also wanted it to be sort of a counter. Like I never wanted Hani to be someone who was educating Gabe on how to be sort of more emotionally. Right. Which aware. she never had to do. He was so, yeah. his, his emotional intelligence is one of like the, the highest, I would say amongst romance heroes that I've read in any contemporary rom like in any contemporary romance book. Thank you. Yeah. And I, and I, so I, like, I wanted, you know, Ollie is sort of a really fun character to play with because we get to have show their relationship, which I Mm -hmm. think is very important to both of them. It's this very deep, very intimate um, uh, relationship, this partnership that they have, this friendship they have. And, and Ollie is just, he's just fun. He's just like a fun character to write. He, I love that he's kind of protective of Gabe. Yeah. Um, Like he sort of knows like, Gabe is going to get drunk and do something stupid and I have to protect him because he's, I love him, but he's kind of a moron. Um, And, but then he also kind of really likes honey and then likes that she's kind of this 
you know, firecracker a little bit. And, you know, and I think he's, he's just like a fun, fun person to play with and to drop into the story. And like, you know, he's modeled a little after my best friend, um, Greg, who was the maid of honor at my wedding. And, you know, just like the most, like probably one of the most charismatic people, like at my wedding, he gave a speech, which he mostly made up on the spot. Oh my God. And literally everyone who, who came to the wedding, like, you know, I looked fine. Husband looked fine, whatever. Do you remember Greg's speech? Do you remember how great Greg's speech was? Oh my God. Everybody talks about it. So he's, you know, that's kind of, I was like, this is, these are dynamics in my life that I love and have fun with. And these are people I really love. So, you know, I'm just, I'm throwing them in and and seeing how they all mix together. You could tell though, that like these characters had to have been like molded somewhat from your real life. Cause as I said before, it's, it, it feels like when you're reading it, that like you really know these characters. And I feel like you can only create something like that if you genuinely are basing them off of like real people, real relationships. And you feel that with them. Oh, thank you. Um, before we wrap this up, I have one last question, which I don't know if you've considered, but maybe you have because you used to work in film and entertainment. If you yes. had to cast these people in a movie, please tell me who you would choose. I have a, I have, I have my ideas, but they're not so clear. And I really want to know who yours are because you created them. That's, that's such a good question. I've definitely, people have asked, I don't know. I, I'm a little reluctant to put two, to, to put any specific okay. names on it, just because I think one of the fun things is that I don't like, I try kind of not to describe everyone anyone too you didn't really much detail because I really want I want everyone to sort of be able to picture their own person and I feel like if I say someone there then people are going to project that person onto it yes and I really really want people to be able to you know you know I want Gabe to be whoever you want Gabe to be fair you know but I'd love I'd love to hear I'd love to hear your yeah of course okay honey came to me the second I started the book I was like this is crystal clear and you may be like what the hell I never thought of that but like Alana Glazer to a T. Oh, love her. Love to her. a T. Just like Great her, like her confidence and her humor. And I feel like her like no bullshitness and her directness is all like honey vibes. I love it. That's great. So that was my like clear cut honey. And then Gabe came to me like not so clear. Like I feel kind of the way that you see him, like, like mirages almost like I see like silhouettes. I see kind of like the hair vibes, but I can't really see a person. But if I had to like pinpoint the vibe of somebody or like the physicality of somebody um taylor kitsch do you know who that is oh yeah he's very handsome very handsome and like masculine like i just yeah, felt like but like, like a little he's got the sensitive he could be a total softy yeah. too mm-hmm, that was mm-hmm. that was my vibe and then my oliver i don't know if it's because his name is oliver and how to get away with murder but um conrad Ricamora. do you know who that he is oh i don't know who that is i, I haven't watched the show out. but i will Ooh. he's like very cute and he gave me serious, like, like the honey and the Oliver, I saw very clearly. It was more of the I game that I was like, I can't exactly pinpoint you, but I feel you, you know? Yeah. I mean, I hope, I hope you feel him. Oh that's, my God. That's I really feel him. No, I, I loved, <laughs> I loved this book. And like, oh, I can't wait to tell so everyone about it because it just, again, like is a compilation of my absolute favorite parts of romance stories. This and makes me fact, so happy. You know, and the fact that it's a Jewish protagonist, like I can't tell you how special that is. And like, 
there's just not enough of this. And I always said that if I was ever going to write a book, it would just be like a Jewish main character. That's just like a regular person, but she's innately Jewish. And like, if she throws in a Yiddish word here, or she like mentions that she's going to her Bubby's for Shabbat, it's not going to be like a whole explanation of like on the Sabbath, we like the candles. Like right. it wasn't going to be a whole education. It was just going to be like thrown in there. And if you're reading it and you don't know what it is and you want to Google it, then power to you do it. Exactly. But it's just like the same way someone would talk about like a Christmas tree we could talk about a menorah, you know, like that's like exactly. kind of vibe. So I really felt that you did that with this book. And that's something I ha- honest to God have not found yet. And it's always my one gripe with Jewish books where I just feel like we're, we're, we're cutting out the secular people. Like it's just not going to be like a- a- appetizing to people who aren't Jewish. Cause they're going to feel like they're trying to be taught something. But in this yeah. one, it's more like she just being Jewish is just one of the a million incredible qualities about her. And she has a Jewish name, so you can never take it out. Yeah. You can never change her. You can't change it. You can't, you can't fucking change it. change it. That's who she no. is. And no. I, I, I mean, I'm so, like, it's, it makes me so happy. And I, and I hope, you know, I hope there are so many more Jewish From your mouth protagonists. To God's that, please, please. Yeah. Can, I mean, I feel like can. it's happening. Like, I feel like, you know, when I, I think right before I sold this book, I went and I asked for recommendations and there were like two or something. And now there's like, definitely a baker's dozen, if not more, you know, like, so, you know, in a few years, it like, it's growing and it's changing and it's evolving. And, and I'm, and I'm super excited to see what, what the next books, um, from other authors are, are going to be. Cause, cause yeah, romance is, romance is, you know, has in the past not been as inclusive as it should be, but has really, really made some leaps and bounds, um, and continues to be moving in like a really good direction. And, you know, it's because it's a genre and a, you know, style of writing that I love so much. It's just great to see more and more people playing in the sandbox, you know, 100%. like, let's do it. Go write your book. You need to write your book now. I have honestly no time to write a book right now, but it's in my head. It's percolating. And it's like so much of this book, I feel like will inspire what I write because there's so much that I love. And like, that is me that I feel is also part of you and part of honey. So this is a forever treasure for me, but tell me before we leave, before we have to hang up, which is devastado, but what are you working on right now? What's like, what's next? Do you have any plans to write another book? Are you writing? Like, tell me what's going on right now. Yes, I am working on another book. Um, we're hoping fingers crossed that it will be out in spring of 2023. Okay. Um, nothing to announce yet. Hopefully something I'm, I'm like still, still working on it, still in the weeds a little bit, but, uh, it will have another Jewish protagonist. Very excited about it. Um, and yeah, I think that's, that's kind of all I can say, but I'm, but Amazing. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm, I'm very excited about it. Um, we'll have, we'll hopefully have some, some announcements in the next, in the next couple months. Oh, so good. Whenever it's ready to be in the hands of any form of a beta reader, you know where to find me. I do. I'm Can't here. Wait. I'm ready. My hands are wide open. I'm eager. Oh, thank you so much. I'm, I'm so happy it, it made its way to you and that you connected with it so much. And I really loved it. I'm I'm so excited for other people to read it. And me too. I can't wait. I can't wait for (gasps) it. And then we could just like talk about it with everybody freely. Like right now, there's only a handful of people I could speak about it with because only a handful of people have it. But by the time everyone's watching this or listening to this, it'll be out there for anyone to go grab. Yeah. I so go get, go get it and talk about it and, and, and tweet at me. Tell me who you think Gabe is. I, I want to know. I want to <laughs> know who your, your dream <laughs> cast. Yes, exactly. Tweet at both of us. Tell us, tell us who the know. dream cast is. Let's do it. So great. Okay. Well, thank you so much for taking the thank time. You. This is such wonderful. a pleasure. You're the best. I really appreciate it. And I can't You're wait best. to see what's next for you.
Thank you. Thank you so much.